Sound Design Live. This week's episode is a guest post by sound designer, computer programmer, and didgeridoo player G.W. Rodriguez. As usual, links relevant to this particular post can be found at sounddesignlive.com. Sound Design Live. Hi, everyone. This is G.W., and this is how I sound design. I wanted to talk about an area of sound design, or rather the technology we sound designers use that I'm calling sound design with an emphasis in computer programming. Microphones, mixers, reverb machines, and the occasional thunder sheet. I mean, these were the main tools of the sound designer to create an oral atmosphere for a theatrical production. Now, I'm, I'm not going to get into the history of sound design, but building a hand-crank wind machine out of wood and muslin, which I've done a few times, is far different from sending a sound file through a granular resynthesis patch where the grain size is modulated by an LFO at 2 hertz, or setting up a large-scale audio system, delays, EQ inputs, and outputs, all in front of a computer screen with a keyboard and mouse. So the beginning of my sound designer journey wasn't as rooted in building and playing back sound files via reel-to-reel like many of the greats like Abe Jacobs. I know this may discredit me a little for some of you sound gurus out there. I started by editing sound files on minidisc players and performing live sound effects via synthesizer. But don't be fooled, splicing two songs on minidisc is as destructive as cutting tape, and it's wicked hard. The tools for design were relatively simple. Before you cast the first stone, by that I mean there wasn't a large amount of different audio gear. You could record sounds via microphone, use a mixer to add reverb, delay, etc., and even using a DAW, a digital audio workstation, to achieve similar and more advanced effects and playing back those creations. Also, to cover my butt here, the designs of the old reel-to-reel days did yield robust and beautiful sound designs, But access to those tools was limited by your access to expensive and large equipment. I'm I'm sure I'll still be getting some hate mail on on that whole thing. Anyway, as I evolved as a sound designer, I was then introduced to Stage Research's SFX, I think it was version 5. This program allowed you to playback sound files through multiple outputs depending on your output card or audio interface. And most importantly, you could fade the sound files in or out or to different outputs. A new world of design, creation, technique, and execution was open to me, but I had to figure out how to get what was in my head into the computer with this new language. If you wanted the sound file to fade in, you would program the sound file at no level, a wait of zero seconds, and then a fade trigger, which would fade the sound up at a you know, desired fade time. And even with a, a selection of four different fade curves, which is you know kind of cool. I remember in my first sound design class in college, we had to create a design for a scenario on a DAW. Uh, we used Cool Edit Pro, which Adobe bought out, and it's now called Adobe Audition. Uh, then we ha- then after that, we had to translate the design into SFX. There, you know, are other tips and tricks to achieve different artistic choices of your design, but. With the new territory came a new level of troubleshooting. Uh, in my early days of SFX programming, I remember playing the sound file. It had this weird, unpleasant, unartistic digital distortion. Hello, sample and bit rates. Ugh, I remember I had to make sure my hardware, software, and sound files were all at the same sample rate, but it was, it was well worth the artistic possibilities that SFX opened up. 
Now, the point to be made is, in order to achieve a specific sound cue, I had to interpret the way the cue would have to be programmed in SFX. I had to know the syntax, you know, the language of SFX, to make the cue happen. It's, it's very different than visually moving a region of audio in a timeline on a DAW, which is more instinctual and needs very little interpretation. Another evolution from the analog world in, is the digital console. In the realm of analog consoles, everything was very linear. Visually, a channel's input, functions, and output mostly all follow the same vertical path. You, you, know, you call it a channel strip. So if you run a 14-channel with two output console, you could probably run a 40-channel 8-group with three master output console with little trouble. Again, very intuitive. It's very logical. In digital consoles, you have to do soft patching, connect hard inputs with soft or digital inputs, as well as the output counterparts. Visually, you may have 24 faders, but there are multiple layers giving you 52 inputs with eight auxes and eight buses and a stereo out like, you know, Yamaha's O2R. You can even pre-program the console on a PC computer without having the console in front of you, which also means you can save a backup copy onto a disk, forgoing the tedious chore of documenting the entire console in case, you know, someone wants to walk by with a, hey, what does this do? A really advanced digital console, well, it's not really just a digital console, but more of a few different pieces of audio gear rolled into one. I'm sure some of you guys know it, LCS. This is an audio system that can play back sound files, has a variable number of inputs and outputs, different kinds of processing, and it's all controlled by software and a control service. You could process each in and out and playback sounds in a variety of ways, um, like delay and EQ. But the piece de resistance is the console. Well, it's not really a console because all the processing in DSP is done by the, by the brain by, you know, in the rack mount. Uh, it's really just a console surface. It's really a big remote control. Each fader and button can be customized. Some buttons have an LCD screen where you can not only type in what you want it to say, um, and it can be different based on if it's pressed or depressed, but you can have the color change. The first time I saw an LCS system, I had to keep from drooling on it. The quote-unquote language that you use to program the cues and the control surface functions is called cue station. Here you define the fader controls, button functions, naming, colors, delay times, etc. The, the amazing thing is, whatever you can possibly imagine LCS can do, it's probably why Cirque du Soleil uses it in all their main shows. The downfall is when you have most of the foundation programming complete and you just want to write a few like simple sound cues, it takes up three times as longer compared to QLab. But if you want ultimate flexibility and functionality, LCS will do the job once you know you understand the syntax. Here, you just like one of those old time cats, always chasing those no good rats. Take it right back to the place where you got it. You can't leave a bit of it here. <laughs> Now, I want you to imagine a scenario. You're the sound designer and engineer for a big musical in a venue with a balcony. Uh, you can't afford to hire an assistant or someone to mix for you while you listen to the room to make EQ changes on the actor's vocals or change the delay times of your front fills, you know, the job as a sound designer. You could just mix the show from the front of house position, which is placed all the way up in the balcony and do your best guesswork as to the sound of the system and the actors and the instruments and your sound cues. Or you can do what I did, and I use an iPad with a program called TouchOSC to send open sound control commands wirelessly to a computer running Maximus P patch 
that outputs MIDI values through an audio interface connected to my digital console. All right, all right, let me, let me break that down for you. OSC, Open Sound Control, is a programming language that was developed to basically surpass MIDI, a language that can communicate between software and hardware in an unlimited way, not constrained by values between 0 and 127. Uh, the Mac iOS app Touch OSC is a paid program that lets you use or create custom interfaces comprised of sliders, buttons, knobs, and labels. Uh, these user interface objects send OSC commands wirelessly to another device, typically a software program like Ableton Live or really anything that will accept OSC commands. So I decided to send it to Max MSP. Max is a graphical programming environment by Cycling74 that lets you create, control, manipulate input and output messages. MIDI and audio. It was originally designed for different computer music implementation, but has found a large variety of other artistic and utility applications. I've used it to create completely unique sounds, create a teaching tool for visually showing harmonics, use it as a basic speaker processor, but I've also created an interactive and organic sound design for a production of 448 Psychosis by Sarah Kane. So the beauty of Max is that it is a pure programming language like C or C++ or Java, but instead of having to write lines of code, you have visual objects with a name that has a certain function. It's very intuitive. If you want to play a sound file, you simply add a sound plane object and connect a wire to a DCA, you know, a digital audio converter. I have a show currently running in a small black box space that doesn't have any processing equipment. And I wanted to delay some of my speakers and use a crossover. So I just simply built a Max patch that did it all for me. I used uh, QLab, sent my outputs via Soundflower into Max, processed the audio, and sent it to my audio interface. The patch took me a whole like 30 minutes to program. Um, and also, a friend of mine had a show on Off-Broadway. Um, there was a, a moment where an actor had to break a glass window, and there was a sound effect uh, accompanied it. Even with a good stage manager, the sound cue and the actor's Breaking the glass just, you know, didn't quite line up. The, the solution was to put a mic right next to the window, and when the actor would break the glass, the mic sent its signal to a max patch that analyzes the level. When it received a level that exceeded the threshold, it sent a MIDI command that triggered the sound file. I mean, brilliant, right? It was a simple solution that took only an hour to build the patch and test it. And they also included a cue that would that would tell the threshold to start and stop listening so the glass breaking wasn't, you know, triggered in the middle of some moment that wasn't the desired scene. So the beauty of knowing these different audio computer programming languages like MaxMSP, LCS, OCS, um, Super Collider, C-Sound, is that you become only limited by your imagination as a designer or even as an engineer. If there isn't a software or hardware out there that does what you want it to do, or you know, if you're like me and you can't afford the thing that does, you can program it yourself. This has moved the entire sound design process into your laptop. Recording, editing, manipulating, creating, and playing back can all happen on the thing that you're probably listening to this podcast on. The catch is that you need time, money, patience, some time, imagination, and some more time to make it all happen. Did I mention that you need time? It does become a laborious task of building a Hello World app or something as simple as playing a sound file. But once you have mastered the basics of any or all of these languages with sometimes steep learning curves, 
your world will open to a new phase of sound design and or engineering. I remember when I started teaching myself the programming language Objective-C and Coco, which is the Mac Apple created programming language. It took me like four months before I could write a program that would load and play a sound file. I really got tired of writing programs that changed a circle red when the user typed red or, you know, even a basic calculator. Well, that's it for me. If you have any questions or comments, you can send Sound Design Live an email on the website. I'll do my best to read everyone um, and respond to them as well. So until next time, this is GW and this is how I sound design. Sound design. Live.